to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. It's been so fun being with you all this summer. I just absolutely love this church. I have a few things for us to remember. The RPC Golf Tournament is September 18th. There's about a week left to sign up, so you want to be quick. Sign up as fast as you can. It's going to be an amazing time. Also, we have been in a sermon series called Nutrition Facts, where we have been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Paul has this list of powerful qualities that arise from the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So far, we've talked about love, joy, and peace. And today, we are going to look at patience, all of our favorite, I know, maybe right behind self-control. So let's go to scripture together today. James 5, 7 through 11. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Indeed, we call blessed those who showed endurance. You have heard of the endurance of Job, and you have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Compassionate and merciful God, Reveal your ways and your wisdom to each of us today. Speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Stretch us, encourage us, heal us, move within us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So my toddler and I recently made an agreement. It all started one hot July morning as I poured blueberry Cheerios into a bowl for her breakfast. She turned to me and said, Mommy, hurry up, Mommy. Hurry up, Mommy. Mommy, hurry up. So my jaw dropped and I said to her, No, ma'am, you don't say hurry up, Mommy. That's not nice. But then that oh-so-familiar prickly feeling came over me, conviction, when I realized, I don't know, maybe she learned it from me. (laughs) I had a couple flashbacks to some times where I have hurried her up. Hurry up, we're going to be late to grandma's house. Hurry up, 
It's time to go to play date. Hurry up, we're gonna be late for school. It's time to get out of your car seat. Hurry up. Hurry up, let's clean up. It's time for bed. I'll admit, sometimes I even pair my hurry up with this motion. Not good, not good. So, in that moment when I asked my toddler to be more patient with me, I, it became abundantly clear to me that I too needed to be more patient with her. So right then and there, I struck up a deal. Mommy will not hurry up Serena if Serena won't hurry up Mommy. We sealed our deal with a handshake, of course. And I'm happy to report to you all today that now I'm just a person who is eternally patient <laughs> with her, with others. I never struggle anymore. It's definitely, I'm just, I'm not pushy and I'm definitely never in a rush, right? I'm cured, guys. Just kidding. I wish. I, it's only becoming a more patient person was that simple. In reality, our patience treaty, it only lasted a few weeks. At best, let's be real. August was a different story. School was back in session. The calendar had filled back up. And there were people to see and things to do. Birthday parties, travel for work, meetings for church, lunch dates with friends, concerts, kids' birthday parties, goodbye dinners, family crises, date nights, financial planning sessions, phone calls with parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and siblings and aunts and in-laws. Fighting for a holiday plan has already begun. Can you believe it? So I hate to admit it, but at this point, I've had my share of hurry-up slip-ups. The thing is, even in those three weeks, I wasn't, when I wasn't saying the exact words, hurry up, I just found myself getting more creative in my brushing. Rapidamente, I said to her in Spanish. <laughs> Let's go, I chanted. We are going to be late, Serena, I pleaded. Sometimes I wonder if our peace treaty was all semantic. I've just found a hundred different ways to be impatient. Turned out, you can't be impatient about becoming patient. Patience is not something we can just snap our fingers and automatically achieve, nor is it something you can just wrap yourself in one time like some magical cloak and be forever cured of hurry. Patience is more like putting on clothing every day. We must put it on every single day, day in and day out, no matter what. Friends, we cannot rush patience because patience is cultivated daily in and through our circumstances by the power of the Holy Spirit. Patience comes from experiences that make us wait, that force us to slow down, that cause us to long. Experiences that are outside of our control, that lead us to pray for change, that create hope within us, that cause us to yearn for a future that looks differently than our, patient, than our present circumstances. 
In our passage today, patience is compared to sowing seeds and cultivating them for a harvest. If you have gardened or farmed before, you know what the author of James is talking about. Farming or gardening can be grueling, frustrating, and time-consuming. It can feel like your crops are taking forever. It can feel like one slight change in the weather can ruin all of your hard work. Like this summer. This is a hard story for me, guys. I was gardening, I was garden sitting, not a gardener, for a Columbia professor when two back-to-back thunderstorms with hail struck Decatur. Let's just say, neither tomato plants rest in peace. <laughs> that was a fun text to send. Hey, professor, hope you're having a good vacation. I don't think your garden made it through the hailstorm last night. Yeah, we had hail. Um, it was downsized. So, see you soon. <laughs> Gardening can be brutal, but it can also be beautiful. It can be rewarding, even essential. A good harvest can bring beauty, sustenance, and communal rewards. The book of James uses the word precious, referring to the fruit of a farmer's labor. Precious in scripture isn't usually used for crops, as you can imagine. Precious in Greek is timion. It's definitely not a word that, you, that they would use. It, it meant jewels, crowns, treasure, things that were of high value. But James here uses it to capture the delicate way that farmers daily tend to their crops with care. How they wait for the rainstorm to fall on their crops with patient resolve. How they joyfully reap the reward for themselves, their families, and their neighbors. The preciousness of the crop justifies the weight. Patience is the same way. James uses this farming image to illustrate that pa- what patience can mean for the life of a Christian and for the church as a whole. Patience isn't some cute little moral or value for us to aspire to. It is the sum of the Christian life. God and God's steadfast love for us is patient. As we stumble, as we fall, as we sin and doubt and grumble against one another and fail and sometimes epically fail as individuals and as the church. And we as God's church, we are called to be patient as we await the day when God's Son will come again and usher in the fullness of the kingdom of God. As people of faith, We are called to be people of patience. We are people of the already and the not yet. We are people who get to experience God's goodness, God's reign, God's kingdom here and now. Yet, we are still waiting for it to come in its fullness on earth as it is in heaven. We wait for the earth to be free from suffering, from loss, from death, from decay, from turmoil, 
from violence. We wait for the day that King Jesus will return and every tear will be dried and all things will be right and whole and new. Because friends, dwelling in God's presence, in all of God's fullness and glory, in God's kingdom, is the most precious fruit of all. It's the precious fruit worth waiting for. But as we wait, there are still unmet expectations and unfulfilled dreams. Waiting on God to move in our circumstances, it can seem long and even impossible sometimes. Which is why just as farmers patiently wait for their seeds to take root, to grow, and to eventually mature enough to harvest, we must strengthen our hearts for the wait. Scripture promises us that God's kingdom is near. It's at hand. So even though waiting is not easy, we mustn't get impatient and dig up the seed. We mustn't throw in the towel and walk away before the crops could even grow. Because if we do, we'll miss out on the precious fruit worth it all. Though yes, we cannot snap our fingers and yield yellow squash or eggplants or dahlias or anything else that takes forever to grow. We surely cannot handshake our way with toddlers or anyone else in order to cease our impatient grumbling. We definitely cannot will ourselves into the type of patience that Job and the prophets displayed in Scripture. That comes from the Holy Spirit's work in us. So how then can we strengthen our hearts to live into that patience that God calls us to? Friends, as patience is being cultivated in us by the Holy Spirit in and through our circumstances, what we can do is remember two things. One, we do not wait passively. We do not wait passively. And two, we do not wait alone. First, we do not wait passively. For this, let's look to the beginning of the book of James. James in chapter one, verse two and three says, Beloved, whenever you face various trials, consider it all joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance complete its work, so that you may be made complete and whole, lacking in nothing. And in verse 12, the chapter continues, saying, Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love God. With words like trials, testing, endurance, work, it is very clear that strengthening our hearts to cultivate this patience is no passive thing. It's very active. The phrase strengthening one's heart at the time meant to gain physical strength 
as if for a journey, to obtain courage that comes from the trust in the Lord, or to have a firmness in intention. So in our patient waiting, we are not passive. We are getting equipped for the journey of faith. We are becoming more courageous, more trusting of the Lord's promises, and we are setting our intentions with firm resolve that cannot be swayed by our circumstances. Strengthening our hearts helps us to endure the storms of life, even the surprise hailstorms. Friends, in this life, we cannot escape waiting. I hate to break it to you. We wait for our loved ones to return home, for the end of relational strife, for an answer about a promotion, for a long-awaited positive pregnancy test. We wait to see if our offer has been accepted on a house, to see if our cancer treatments are working, to see if we will be laid off. We wait for our weddings. We wait for our babies to come home from the NICU. We wait for a surgery that we need to end our chronic pain. We wait to see if our marriage will survive this season, to see if our loved one will finally get help from an addiction. We wait for a romantic partner. There is no shortage of circumstances that cause us to wait, circumstances we have no control over. And through them all, we must strengthen our hearts for the wait. We strengthen our hearts, which looks like a lot of different things. Worshiping together in community, reading scripture, meditating on it, praying, whether that just be short cries for help or long periods of listening, taking time alone to seek God. Strengthening our hearts can look like different spiritual practices that fill us up day in and day out. It can look like being vulnerable with a loved one about what we're going through. It can look like taking a Sabbath each week to slow down and rest. All of these things are not passive, friends. They are active ways to endure in faith and grow in patience. Theologian Eugene Peterson who wrote the message translation of the Bible, said this about the essential and active journey of cultivating patience. Patience is prerequisite to the way of Jesus. The formation of the spirit, cultivation of the soul, developing a prayerful and obedient life, sticking with the incredibly difficult work of justice and peacemaking. Realizing the congruence between the way and the truth, all of this is slow, slow work, requires endless patience. Friends, strengthening our hearts for the weight is not passive. The second thing I want you to remember is that we do not wait alone. Friends, we are not promised that our prayers will be answered how we want them to be. But we are promised that we don't have to wait alone. God gives us community to endure the wait with. 
When we authentically share what we're going through, we open ourselves up to both receiving and giving encouragement from our, from our siblings in Christ who are all on their own journeys of faithful endurance. On top of our present community of faith, we can be encouraged by people we haven't even met, carrying their stories within us to strengthen our hearts for the weight. One person that I carry with me is Malala Yousafzai, who from the young age of 11 has fought for education for young women and girls in Pakistan. Her proud parents describe her as a person of deep faith, patience, and perseverance, who speaks the truth, lives courageously, and is never swayed from her intentions. Malala hasn't seen a world where all people have access to education, yet she endures in her calling with hope. I carry her with me. We are not alone in our waiting. Through scripture, we also get to carry with us a great cloud of witnesses who had to wait through all kinds of harsh circumstances. And as they did, they asked God to show up in the midst of their waiting, and God did. From Moses to Mary, they dialogued with God with their thoughts and their doubts and their emotions and their fears in the waiting. Through scripture, we get to see that God is with us in our waiting. Even if we don't get the answers we're expecting, even when the wait drags on longer than expected, God promises to be with us and to dialogue with us every step of the way. Friends, no matter what happens, we have the precious gift of God's presence. And one day, like the prophets who have come before us, like believers across all time and space, like the saints of this church who have gone before us, we will receive the most precious gift of all, God's presence, in its fullness, face to face, for eternity. Until then, we wait. For the Lord is compassionate and merciful, cultivating an enduring patience in us that leads us to the precious fruit of the kingdom of God. Amen. been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.